0: Well, here we are. We are here for the third season of Black Equity Podcast. When we first started this podcast, we had no idea that we would be here today. We knew we wanted to have some timeless conversations with some of the people in our culture that may not even be being paying attention to. We know we wanted to talk to business owners. We want to talk to investors we wanted to take back our culture in a major way. Since that first episode of December 25th, uh, 2019, yes, 2018, I'm sorry. Since that uh, episode, we have now had over 350 episodes. We have over 95,000 listeners downloads, and uh, we have really touched on some daring topics when it comes to investing in hotels, when it comes to investing in alternative investments, when it comes to cultural equity, when we talk when we talk about AI artificial intelligence, we have dived into a lot of topics that allow us to really look at Black equity from many different angles. And so we wanted to make sure we keep up with the culture and our consciousness as Black people all over the globe by kicking off the third season with a conversation with Conscious Ed from Conscious or Crazy podcast. I'm really excited to be um, publishing this episode. I know uh, Conscious or Crazy will also be publishing this episode. This is a joint effort. We came together to collaborate and have a timeless conversation to talk about what we're seeing, how we're feeling, what's currently going on, and have a uh, no holds barred conversation on what we see. Um, if this is your first time tuning in, you want to subscribe. We already have a few episodes that will be following this episode, and I want you to have the first opportunity to listen in. So we're going to dive into this. I thank you all for being so patient and um, really taking the time for these last few episodes for us to uh, properly position everything the way we want it to be for our third season. And so... We want to make sure that the worth or the weight was worth it, and so you're about to get this two-hour episode, a special, special first episode of the third season, and I know you will enjoy, and once again, stay tuned for the next episodes that are coming right at you. I'm DJ Moultrie of Black Equity Network, and welcome. To the Black
1: Equity Podcast.
2: We are back for another great episode of Black Equity Podcast, and we got something special for you to kick off the new year. I know everybody has been uh, wanting to hear some different takes and perspectives, uh, What's what's been going on in our society and our culture, uh, kind of take a step away from the typical uh, Interviews that we have on here and just have a culture conversation. Uh, but in order for me to do that, I want to make sure I'm doing that with someone who understands the culture, someone who understands what we're talking about here. And I don't want to just talk by myself, I want to have some uh, interesting dialogue. Uh, and so, joining me uh, from Conscious or Crazy Podcast is Conscious Said. Uh, welcome to Black Equity Podcast.
3: Hey man, appreciate you once again, man. It's, it's definitely been a little while, and definitely um, wait to dive in, man. Yeah,
2: yes, yes. This is our second uh, podcast episode that we've we've done together on here. Uh, so for those who don't know, you can go check out our first um, episode. We'll have the link in the show notes if you want to f- check out our first conversation. Uh, so let's kind of set the tone here of where we want to go with this. Um, on your podcast, what has been brewing the most, what has been the most, uh, what has been the, the topic right now that's on the table that you just can't let go of? What's that topic that just keeps popping up on your platform?
3: The topic pretty much is, uh, pretty much how to overcome pretty much, and, um, or just information, and pretty much how to collectively get it together as a as a people. That's pretty much the overall constant conversations. If it's from you know uh, toxic environments, you know um, trauma, how to overcome that. You know, as we know, you know the the trauma our people has went through. But that's the overall conversation: how to get over that, how to collectively come together as a people in multiple fields
2: yeah got you got you okay and so from that conversation i want to have um, i know a lot of people have in, they end up having like year-end wrap-ups mm-hmm. but i want to have a beginning of the year uh looking forward type yeah. of conversation um, but before we get into that before we can look forward I do want to look back or at least look at currently, where are we today as a society? Where are we as a people? And then let's kind of see where that takes us. All right. So we find ourselves in the beginning of the year of 2021, mm-hmm. having a conversation with each other. We just left, you know, time is an illusion, but we just yeah, exactly. left 2020, <laughs> right? Yeah. But uh, so with the illusion of 2020 as a whole, what is your impression of 2020 as it currently, as we've just w- walked out of it? What is your your stance on 2020 when you look at it?
3: Um, I feel overall 2020 as a year was overall the overall meta as a year was to focus um, vision. Um, I think that's the overall um take I I got from 2020. Uh, you know, there's a lot that they they threw out our people, you know, that was thrown at um, just a lot of distractions too. The media, you know, controls the minds of the masses, uh, you know, can make the innocent guilty and the guilty innocent. But I feel like it was a lot that was thrown at us. And um, consistent basis, I think the overall message was to stay focused and never got distracted. I think that's the overall take I got from 2020, the vision 2020.
2: All right. I, I have to ask the billion dollar question. Right. It's right there in front of us. I have to ask this: Who is they? You said they threw some stuff at us. Oh, yeah. Who is they? Um. Well, the year before, you whole, answer, before you okay. answer. <laughs> because I've been hearing a lot of people saying that mm-hmm. podcast people have been running on podcasts and they've been having conversations about they doing this, they doing this, they do, and but no one ever says. Who they is? So it's like this imaginary figure that big runs brother. through the streets of the black podcast space. It's the they. Mm-hmm. Who is they?
3: That's a good question. Uh, I feel like the the powers that be. You know, it's like what's what's the powers that be? Uh, the overall. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the overall. Um, you know, probably like I said, big brother, the government. I feel. I feel like it's, it's a push, but, uh, at the end of the day, um, just got to stay focused. And I feel like certain things are forms of distractions and certain things, you know, we got to look. Cause like, yeah, that's obviously a distraction. (laughs) Ain't no way about that. It's like, but yeah, I feel like I'm over that. I know I said they, but I'm over that, um, you know, mentality of, you know, the blame game. Cause Uh, what's it what's it gonna do for me (laughs) right right I feel like the blame game is definitely um, a mentality that um you know that I definitely uh if it's not gone it's definitely uh vanished (laughs) for sure in my mentality of thinking but yeah um I don't know I feel like it's just a push and agenda going on that's what I feel like that's the day I feel like it's an agenda going on and um a push
2: yeah okay Okay, so now we've, we've come to part of the conversation that people have been waiting on here. We got to it pretty early here. <laughs> you said there's a push and an agenda. and I'm going to be jumping in this too with you, okay. um, with, you know, explaining what my thoughts are. But I wanted to to hear your thoughts without me throwing my thoughts in there. And then we can kind of circle back. So you say there's a push and an agenda. What do you think that agenda is?
3: Um, to overall distract to mm. overall um, I don't know, uh actually, to overall play the blame game, I feel that's why we have a lower class and et cetera, you know, um, we have to blame somebody, so I feel like that's why people don't manifest their destiny, they could easily you know point things, point at you know play the blame game of the victim mentality and but mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's just, I don't know, you know, it just preached a uh, vision to me. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a quote, uh, I don't know the, I don't know the, uh, the fellow's name, but it is a measure. It is no, it is no measure of health to be in a well adjusted, to be well adjusted in a profoundly sick, you know, society, you know, mm. and I feel overall I think it's time as a collective, you know, to actually and I had this conversation. I don't want to name drop,
2: but (laughs) You gotta do what you gotta do, but go
3: ahead. I had this conversation with um, you know, the artist known as Lupe Fiasco about um Okay. Just collectively uh working together and he labeled that and I feel like he was right, but also feel like emotionally it's like I don't think that's a good label, but he labeled collectively working together is positive racism, you know, Mm. and I don't think it's what you call, I just feel like it's called, you know, unity at the end of the day, (laughs) just unity by any means. And, but I feel like us as a people constantly seeing this trend of, they don't care why not just work together by any means. That's that's what my mentality is right now. But what's your root point on positive racism? Us working Great together, positive racism.
2: <laughs> I was like, man. <laughs> well, you know, I love Lupe. I, you know, I was telling to, uh, people recently they were saying who's my top five uh, rappers of all time, and surprisingly, for some people, Lupe's in my top five mm. of all time. And so the fact that you had an opportunity to speak with him, that's an honor, man. And that, that shows, uh, furthermore, why uh, you're one of the leading voices that I wanted to speak to uh, about this particular topic uh, to kick off the year. So positive racism, I don't know enough about his perspective of how he got there. But I do want to touch on this, though, because there is a narrative out there that we have been sweeping underneath the rug. Mm -hmm. We believe that Black people cannot be racist. Well, I mean, most, a lot of people, I can't say everybody. Yeah. We've, there's many people that keep bumping into like, Black people can't be racist. It's, it's not physically possible. We don't have the infrastructure to be racist. We cannot. And so then I break down the, the actual definition of this thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm just talking about racism. I'm not talking about institutional racism. I'm not talking about some systemic racism. I'm just talking about racism in itself. Looking at someone's skin color and making a judgment call that says, ooh, based off of your skin color, I'm not rocking with you. That is basically, to me, my definition of racism. Yeah. If, 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 if that is an accepted definition, then you could easily see how a Black person can look at a white person and say, you know what? You're white. I'm not going to rock with you. Uh, I may not be able to do anything systematically, but I'm not going to rock with you simply because you're white. And if yeah. we could just admit that, OK, I guess that is a possibility, then we can get to the fact that, OK, well, reverse racism is mm-hmm. real. If we can then get to that, then we have to ask ourselves, well, is there a such thing as positive racism? So here's where I take a step back. Positive for who? If we're doing the racism, the act of racism towards other cultures, and then it positively impacts us, okay, I see that. But then that would mean that po- then the other racism that was happening back then, or well, not even back then, it's still happening. <laughs> but that would mean that the racism that we are used to, which is white people being racist towards everyone else, then in a way, that would be positive racism for them. Exactly. <laughs> so, with the thought that is on the table, Mr. Lupe, with the idea of positive racism, I can't deny, or I can't I can't push back against positive racism if it's being positive towards us. But then I would wonder, of course, he's not here to answer. I would wonder, well, then does that mean that white people have had positive racism all these years? Because it has positively impacted their communities. Exactly. What do you say to that?
3: Yeah, I feel like... Um me putting my emotions aside, I kind of understood what he meant by that. But I just think um, unifying at the end of the day, based on what we're seeing as results, you know, we see a constant trend of, yeah, you're okay. (laughs) And then pretty much we see that constant trend of, you know, I just feel like, you know, why not collectively build up um, Madam CJ Walker's, uh and et cetera. And um just keep, keep building and then the thing is, yeah, I have no problem with, you know, the you know, the Caucasian persuasion. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: Right.
3: Yeah, but yeah, I feel like at the end of the day, um, us working together shouldn't be frowned upon. And I don't know if they fear that, but it shouldn't be frowned upon. Our people it shouldn't be frowned upon within, you know, tribes and different groups, I don't think it should be uh frowned upon at all. But um
2: but when you say I, unity, when you say unity, what does that actually mean? Because yeah. I'm ha- I, I hate to sound like a, oh, a no, Debbie you good. downer.
3: Oh, we can break it all down. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's do this.
2: Because I'm not sure. and I don't know who's going to pick this podcast up, you know, tomorrow or five years from now. Mm-hmm. And so if, if my views change, please give me the room to learn something today. And then, you know, five years from now, change, grow, evolve. But I'm not
3: sure if I want to unite with everybody who looks like me. That is true. Yeah, I I, I realize some mentalities within our peoples. Like, okay, I can't mess with that. <laughs> You're stuck in the mud, and you actually like to be stuck in the mud. It's Like, yes. oh, I'm going, I'm going to get over here. You cool there? I'm, I'm over here. I love you. <laughs> I'm over <Right>. here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, some mentalities uh, of our people definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, it's not, it's not uh it's not beneficial. So yeah, I definitely agree. It's some, you know, some people outside our culture, you know, that it's like, man, I love that energy, you know. Right. Sadly. And then versus, you know, it's like, dang, it's ah, the stuck in a mud mentality, you know. But yeah, um, I agree with you. I definitely agree with you there. Cause um at the end of the day, I feel like ego possibly is a reason why some of us can even collectively work together. And uh mm-hmm. but yeah, I feel like at the end of the day, some things can be set aside. And I feel like it's a constant trend of things not getting set aside, you know, in the different thoughts and I you know, idealisms and ideals that's going on in different people and within our community or, you know, our culture. But yeah. I agree with you. Some people in our culture, you know, uh, they say Ken folks ain't you, you know, skin folks ain't your Ken folks, right. and that's you see that all the time lately.
2: So this idea of unity. Let's so let's say we're talking about the specific people we want to work with. Fine, okay. So we'll we eliminate the people we don't want to work with. We'll talk about that later, maybe on this podcast or another. The people that we don't want to work with. Mm-hmm. But let's say we found a tribe of people we want to work with what does unity look like in your eyes
3: um it's a uh, it's a lot of um you know black owned farms now so that is a form of uh, unity you know from uh, georgia to dc to you know new york i've been looking up these farms and you know we across the board i feel like that is one part and then even on the architectural side <laughs> you know I see Kanye doing some architecture work, you know. That's that's cool too. And then the shoes, of course, like. And then um, it's some brother that uh, has his own shoe brand on our IG as well. Um, so just that form, uh, those forms of unity. I feel like just supporting us, you know, you know, without a blink of the eye, you know, just all right, cool. But at the end of the day, we just can't support anything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, right. yeah. But I feel like our people. Pretty much been, qual- you know, produce quality, you know, all the time.
2: I think. It, I think for me, it's a level of having an ecosystem that we can go to easily, be able to uh, disperse our funds and get quality products and services in return immediately. Yeah, I think one of the things that I'm noticing is especially from an economic standpoint is everybody's kind of off in their own corners yeah doing their own thing cuz mm-hmm. I I think we might have talked about this last time we are a very tribal people definitely and we can get into the dynamics of that some people would say we're tribal because of our african ancestry yeah and the thing Someone is I would say that. Go yeah. ahead. Go Kinda ahead. Glad you brought that up
3: because uh, you know, we always call, you know, Africa, you know, the mother of civilization, but we was here in America too. And sometimes okay. dated back before Africa, you know, I got a I got a book called Pyramids, you know, Pyramids of America. And, you know, the first under that under that title it says prehistoric. <laughs> it says prehistoric, you know. So I was like, dang, all right. So it's it's a lot of mounds, it's a mound in Ohio right now, you know, it's a lot of mounds and, you know, Mississippian culture, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot of history in this culture as well, so I feel like America's been the father, even both Americas, North and South, Mm -hmm. and Africa definitely was uh, the mother, so I feel like when you look at that and in the history of, you know, I feel like we see the history in this country sometimes, like I mentioned with the mounds and pyramids, so, I feel like that that definitely sparks a division as well.
2: I came across some information within the last twelve months that I think is important for me to at least put on the podcast. Whether people accept it as truth or not, whether they gravitate towards it or not, that's not that's none of my concern. I'm not saying that I'm even right. I just think I found something and I think it's important to share. Okay. I've been debating in my mind if Africa is actually the motherland. Okay. And so I've been doing some research on it, and there there's some some evidence out there, some documentaries out there uh, that have gathered this information, and they're saying that people of true African descent have different uh, uh, genetic makeup of uh, what we would call modern-day Black Americans. Yeah, we have we have a different genetic makeup overall, and many would argue the reason for that is because you and I here in um, North America mm-hmm. are not actually African.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, I'm I'm just putting this on the table for people to hear and decide for themselves what they want to do with this because that may go into why. If where I'm about to go is valid and true, it may even ex- explain things a lot more further of why we as a people don't come together. What I have found is that we are not African. We are Israelites. Mm. Yeah. We, we come from the tribe of, of, of Israel and uh, the, the 12 tribes of Judah. Mm-hmm. And so it still would make sense while we're tribal. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't change much. I mean, it's still, the premise is there. Um, have you ever heard that concept before of us not actually being from Africa, but yeah. being from Israel and then migrating to Africa and then being sold by Africans into slavery with the Europeans?
3: Yeah, I feel like some of us might even been here, you know, been in America, like I mentioned, but yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And um and I feel like, you know, the you know, the title has been lost. I know we talked about it a little bit, like the title has been lost throughout time, you know, Moorish, like I feel like we are collectively Moorish Americans, you know. But I feel like, you know, because if we went overseas, they wouldn't I don't feel like they would identify us as black or African Americans. Like, oh, nah, no, you're a Moor. Like sometimes they tell us who we are and we don't even know. So <laughs> sometimes right. yeah. I definitely um, you know israelites and all that like i'm at the point where i collectively understand every viewpoint like a uh, nation of islam you know christianity some brothers are christians and that's yeah I, I feel like i'm at a point where i understand every you know uh theory and thought and i'm at the point where it's like forget all that cool i like you i like you let's just come together <laughs> it's like, but yeah i feel like it's tribal it's definitely tribal and I feel, I definitely feel the the point of view you mentioned is definitely valid and has been for a while,
2: I feel. Well, let me me play God's advocate for a second
0: to what
2: you're saying of, hey, let's, you know, I'm cool with you, I'm cool with you, let's all work together. We ain't got to worry about all that. Let me tell you why I think that could be dangerous a little bit. Okay. All right. I saw what happened with Nick Cannon in 2020. Glad you brought that up. <laughs> let's, let's, we got, let's go. I mean, let's do this thing, man. We've been waiting. Yeah, I've, been, I've been patiently waiting for a podcast to explode on. So Nick Cannon, this is in the height of Black Lives Matter movement. Everybody in the whole world had just came out of their house to talk about George Floyd and how wonderful black people are. We gotta support black folk. We got black people back. I mean, everybody's putting commercials out. Every all these different companies with black, 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 black.
1: Yeah.
2: Nick Cannon goes on his podcast and says something to the effect of him being uh basically an Israelite. Let's just call it what yeah. it is.
3: Submitted. Yeah.
2: Yes. And then he starts saying these. Things about how there are these other group of people who are pretending to be us. They're not really us. They were in the mountains. They have uh, they have an animalistic type of behavior, and uh, that's why they are who they are. And they're trying to they're trying to uh, steal our identity and be us. And then the next day or a week later, magically he gets released from CBS Viacom, and he's being accused of the Semitic or anti-Semitic. Uh, yeah. Rhetoric, and uh, all hell breaks loose. So I bring that up. Yeah, not to rehash the whole situation, but we can go through it. Yeah, I bring that up because I think it's important to know that okay, if we aren't, if we weren't who Nick Cannon said we were, I don't think they make a big deal. Yeah. They attacked Nick Cannon because I think he was on to something. Yeah, you know, that's that's how that goes. Kanye too sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think these brothers have been on to something and for whatever reason, we just look at them and say, ah, they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. But I think he was telling us, yo, we are the chosen people. We are the We are the people that we've been looking for. It's us. We're the ones. And as soon as he said that, they, they laid the hammer down and tried to snatch away his show. not even tried. Pulled, pulled the they plug. Did. Yeah,
3: They pulled they tried the plug to, on him. They tried to offer it to DC Young Fly, too. <laughs> he turned to down. And like a G,
2: he stood yeah. up and said, no, nah, I'm good. I'm not going to do that. Which I respect that. Oh, yeah. But this is why I think it's dangerous for us to just say, oh, you do this, you do that. I ain't worried about that. Let's just work together. I think if we're going to work together and go toe-to-toe with the Vicons of the world, we got to know who we are. Yeah, that part. (laughs) Because they they know who we are. (laughs) And that's why they're scared.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: For those who haven't listened, there's a Nas album that came out. Now, everybody hold on because I'm not going to be talking about the Nas album you think I'm talking about. Okay. (laughs) I know the new Nas album with... uh, Who's the producer? Hit uh, Boy.
3: Hit boy, hit boy yeah.
2: And that was called King's Disease, right? Yep. Wonderful album. I have it in my top three albums of the year for 2020. So, yes. But before that album was an album they said was not good. Oh. Lost h Or Nazir? No, no. The one with, with uh, yeah, Nazir with, with Kanye. <laughs> yeah. But in that the the album starts off with I think this is the first song. Um, throughout the course, it says I think they're scared of us. Mm-hmm. I think they're scared of I forget how the the rhythm goes. I think they're scared of what it is we know. Oh yeah. Now many people didn't they they kind of brushed that album to the side. They didn't pay any attention to it. But I love that so album, many gems too. in that <laughs> damn album. Oh yeah. I loved it, but everybody else was like, "Oh, no, I don't like it. It just feels off, awesome. and it just something bad." I'm like, wow. "It sounded great to me, but hey, it is what it is." Yeah.
3: I don't. Yeah, it sounded good to me.
2: <laughs> yeah, it sounded good to me, but I think I think they're scared of us. They're scared of our power, and I think we need to lean in a little bit more to it instead of just saying, "We're all one now. We're here now." And now what do we do? I think we got to lean into, no, we're the chosen people of God. Yeah. We're God's chosen people, however you want to call it. You can call it Moorish,
3: You can call it
2: Israelite. You can call it whatever you want.
3: Kings and queens, yeah.
2: (laughs) But we're the chosen people of God. And we're not going to stand for this treatment on earth anymore. If we walk into that power... There's so many, we, so many things we could do. Last thing I'm going to say, I'm going to be quiet. I want to hear your thoughts. Right. Around this same time, Deshaun Jackson, this is in 2020, Deshaun Jackson had posted something on social media where he was quoting uh, Hitler. Or allegedly quoting Hitler. Because they were saying it's a fake quote. And he was, he, he put it out there and he said, this is Hitler talking, if the Negroes knew who they were, if the Negroes knew that the Americans had stolen God's jewels, they would come into their own, I'm paraphrasing here, y'all, they would come into their own, and then there would be a World War free, based off this information, if, if they knew who they truly were, which is God's chosen people the children of israel in the bible if they knew that they were these people the whole thing would flip and their identity has been hidden over the the course of history it keeps being changed and changed to the point now in 2020 we're not even black no more we're now we've now been mixed in with everybody else and we're now people of color I say this to say, we got to know who we are, or we're about to go into the next decade. I mean, we're kind of in the decade already, but we're about to go into another decade here where we're going to lose another wrinkle of our identity.
1: Yeah.
2: Go ahead.
3: Yeah, Um. you know, Um. I forget it. Um, I think Doctor Broder or the Broder Files. I remember this book. Um, yeah, man, he touched he touched on a lot, and pretty much, you know, we have like three thirty thousand plus or even more, you know, years of history. Of us, you know, you know, ruling and roaming, you know, this planet called Earth, and then the appearance of them eventually came. But I feel, yeah, I feel like at the end of the day, um you know, just to quote a quote, you know, a lyric, if you don't know now, you know, we, we need to know, <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? who we are. And, you know, I feel like it's all by design, why we don't know who we are at the end of the day, because, you know, I know, you know, I know, you know, Jewish people that got books of their family history, they got books, like published in libraries. And, you know, some of us don't even know their family tree all the way, because, you know, grandpa left. Right. <laughs> you know <laughs> grandpa left and messed it all messed everything up you know he went to a second family you know etc right. but um but yeah uh that hitler quote was definitely um definitely some food for thought but um i think at the end of the day you know you know vibe you know just to roll it back in with uh you know black panther that movie kind of i feel like activated us because you know it might have been a you know a, a comic book but you know the power of our people is just, you know literally damn near like you know Wakanda you know if we got it collectively together you know we uh you know we created uh, everything you know pyramids everywhere you know the mathematics behind the pyramids is crazy <laughs> you know um you know scientists and etc like we we made a lot and we created a lot and throughout time Things got taken, you know, the materials for these phones and devices was found in Africa, you know, mm-hmm. Nigeria and et cetera, Congo, like, it's uh, I feel like it's evident, it's so much evidence that, hey, this is who you are. Like, yo, there's so many signs and symbols that um, you know, our people are so, you know, the potential of our people is so great. Um, I feel like we just gotta, you know, reactivate that you uh, know what Nick Cannon said you know the history of the the language pretty much we just got to find out who spoke that language you know the semitic language and then that, there you go <laughs>
1: right. so,
3: and you know you know it was uh, maps of uh, africa with a language you know you know the origins of the language and it's a lot of it's a lot of you know information i've been digging up you know etymology that's that's a you know learning that the history of words Sometimes you find the truth in that alone, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I feel like it's going to be a constant trend of people talking the truth. And then, you know, as we know, people getting shut down, things took it from them, you know, et cetera. I think that's just the the cycle that continues in America. That's why I was like, yo, if I didn't know, he didn't own Wilder now, that's crazy. Like <laughs> Viacom, the chess, you know, play chess with him, BT been on by, Vi- by, And, you know, Sony owns that De- uh, bad boys. Like <laughs> they think Diddy's a man, but yo, he kinda works for Sony. <laughs> He's <laughs> right, but right. it's and it it's a long list of that, you know, in the in the industry. But I don't know. Like I seen what uh Master P and Baron Davis did trying to do with Reebok. I think that's powerful and I think that's 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 the what that's what collectively I think that needs to start happening, you know, just on that that note, like us, you know putting a
2: stamp on things a lot more so let's talk about that real quick i've heard rumblings about this master p um and baron davis situation do you have more insight into what the current headline is or the current what the current discussion is on that particular topic
3: um i seen they're trying to get the ownership of reebok period i think they're in the process of um, of creating a line. If not, trying to acquire Reebok. I think that's that's what might be going on. I think.
2: Yeah. And if that were to happen, what are your thoughts on if that were to happen?
3: Um, that would be important. I feel like that would be a, that would be a push in the right direction. And say, if like we got a media company like a Viacom, that would be a push in a good direction too. But um, the thing is, you know, it's a thin line between, you know, being a worker and a partner. Like, I don't mind partnering with anybody, you know. I think we just got to find that thin line. And I feel like what they're doing is you know, ex- establishing ownership or establishing even partnership. And I feel like that's what we got to do, you know, collectively
2: across the board. Okay. My take, I, have, I haven't studied the situation all the way through. But I think it's a, a good moment for us to look at this. If we acquire Reba, and when yeah. I say we, I just mean our people. Obviously, I don't know if you and I are getting any equity in this deal. Yeah. Um, it would be nice to. It would be nice for Master P to hit me up and be like, yo, we got to talk this thing out. Let me hit with, uh, get with Black equity. Let's get our partners together. I think me and Master P would make a really great team. So let's say he does reach out. Yeah. If we can own Reebok, it's a game changer. Oh yeah! It because it's not the Reebok that's the most important part. It's the infrastructure through the manufacturing of a um, of an uh, of a particular industry that is hard to break into when it comes to mass producing sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. Which sneakers are re- are worn by damn near every single person on this planet or can be worn by every single person on this planet. Yeah. It would, to me, revolutionize and balance the powers out. Obviously, it wouldn't change everything because Reebok is not quite where Nike is. Uh, yeah,
3: I think they might be behind Adidas or if not, behind someone else. But yeah, it said uh, $2.4 billion is the the purchase, you know, the purchase mark for uh, Reebok they're trying to acquire, so. Yeah.
2: And, and beca- because it is below Adidas, because it isn't number two, number three, because it is below, that's why it's a perfect acquisition. Because exactly. it's, it's not quite where it needs to be. It's kind of falling off just a tad. And so <laughs> this is a perfect time, just being honest, for yeah. us to acquire put some, the right minds together, put the right brand behind it, get the right NBA players, the right NFL players assigned to, to this, reshape the brand, and play a different game.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Now, I feel like do you think Black people from all over the world would support Reebok and make it number one one day or at least number two?
3: Hey, we make everything else number one. I think we might as well. <laughs> you know, right. You know, yeah, at least try to make it two. But yeah, I think we should shoot for the stars. You know, I think we should try to make it number one and try to support it. Because, uh, I mean, what Master P done, he just pretty much showed partnership and ownership at the end of the day. Outside of music, that's what he stands on. And I feel like that's the mentality that my grandfather had. He had a stores and he had two houses, you know. Mm-hmm. He, preached, uh, he preached ownership at the end of the day. And I feel like that mentality, um, I feel like needs to get, you know, pushed back into, you know, our
2: psyches. I feel. Yeah, that would be the ultimate black equity chess move.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. Kanye West's his shoes be selling out in like three hours. Like, yeah. <laughs> like even the baby shoes. Like, yeah, <laughs> be gone. Like, yeah. It's crazy. And
2: he's with he's with Adidas, is that correct?
3: Yeah, it's still with Adidas Yeezys. Yeezys, you know, people love them, them shoes. Yeah. It's crazy. The
2: the there is a huge chunk of cultural equity and real equity that comes with shoes. And for anyone listening to this that d- doesn't think shoes is a big deal, shoes is a huge deal.
3: Yeah, man.
2: <laughs> because it, it involves everyone. When we're talking Reebok, we're not just talking about the sports department and you know who's going to be on the cover of some NBA slam magazine type thing with the shoes on and what they're playing you know, during the Christmas game. No, we're talking about a little kid being able to wear a certain type of shoe in Zimbabwe,
1: yeah.
2: or Afghanistan, or Jamaica, or Miami. Like we're talking about something on a global scale, if done correctly, yeah. that can revolutionize the game. I'm gonna tell you what I think sparked this. Gonna, to... and I think this might have been 2020. It might, it might, I might be a year ahead. But it was roughly around the same time, so we'll throw it in here. What sparked this conversation, in my view, was LeVar, what's his name? Yeah, LeVar Ball. <laughs> you LeVar know. Ball. Well, uh, the big big baller brand. The the yeah. baller brand and and saying, hey, my son, uh, Lonzo, is going to have his own shoe he's, and he's not going to wear it well, he can wear somebody else's shoe, but he's going to have his own shoe that he owns and our people are going to support it and it's going to be $500 and you're going to support this thing. Now, of course, the, it was a little bit of a debacle. Yeah. It didn't quite go the way it should have, but the idea of why do we keep signing to these other companies that don't have any stake in our culture, why do we keep signing to them when we can create our own? Imagine.
1: Yeah, Clay
3: Thompson, Clay Thompson, you know, and I supported, uh, you know, Stephon Marbury shoes, you know, when I, back in the day, man.
2: Starburys. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so imagine if 20 years ago, was that 20 years now? Yeah. I don't know how long that's been, but imagine if when LeBron James came out of high school. He had his own shoe company to go along with it. Huh. Imagine if he had a LeVar Ball as his father, which I know that would be weird. <laughs> but imagine if he had something like that in places, you're going to have your own shoe. And he never signed with Nike or whoever he ended up signing with. Yeah. He never signed with anyone else but had his own thing and he built a global empire around his shoe company imagine the leverage that would bring to the entire game.
3: Yeah. It'd be a different game, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be powerful, man. That move. And, you know, Curry, he could have signed the to Nike too. He went with, you know, Under Armour. And that's, that's something to think now him and uh, I think Cam Newton still with Under Armour. That was a chess move too. But imagine if, you know, they said, Hey, let's, let's hit up Master P because he's doing shoes. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy.
2: Now, from the grapevine, from the interviews I've listened to, the reason why Steph ended up going with Under Armour, for one, he was going to be more of a featured person. Yep. That's a big move. And then two, I'm hearing he got a little bit of equity in some things.
3: Which he should. That, he's the best three-point shooter I've seen. 105 in five minutes. That's crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Correct. So the fact that we're, once, once equity is on the table... It changes the entire conversation. Yeah. So then that that takes me to these other industries that we're talking about. We talked mm-hmm. about, we're talking about shoe industry, but earlier we were talking about um, black farms, and agriculture. And we got an episode coming immediately after this episode about, uh, I sat down and talked with someone who's in the agricultural field and really gave us the game. Okay. So immediately following this episode, we're going to release that episode on agriculture I want to get your stance on what 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 does it look like if every black person I'm not even saying a black farmer what if every black person owned their own individual farm at home oh, man. instead of having a huge backyard of green grass or even a small backyard of green grass We converted our green grass that's really doing nothing but looking pretty and turn it into a farm or at least a small version of a farm or a garden, not a farm, a garden. Imagine if we had uh, tomatoes, potatoes, which potatoes, they could feed you forever if you have potatoes. Yeah. Uh, Imagine if we had all these different crops fruits and vegetables right in our backyard, what would that do to the food deserts in our communities?
3: Oh, yeah. It, it's a farm um, in Dayton, Ohio, currently. I mean, not a farm, but actually a garden that they're mm-hmm. working on. But yeah, um, McDonald's will be in trouble. Um, see, Burger King will be in trouble. <laughs>
2: you know? They would, they, excuse my language, they would shit bricks.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Currently, so what, uh, it,
2: why aren't we doing that?
3: That's a good question, man. You know, uh, it's a taste bud mentality too. Because I used to love, you know, I was, you know, <laughs> yeah, McDonald's, yeah, let's go. <laughs> but yeah, you know, mentality has got to change. And um, but yeah, I think that would be amazing if we started that. And it's, it's so many. It's a uh, if people want to look up on Google. Just look up black farms uh, in the USA, and it gives you a whole list of, uh, you know, state to cities, to cities. It's mm-hmm. amazing. But uh, yeah, they don't want that.
2: So, <laughs> so. Well, yeah. hold on now. You touched on something that we began this conversation with.
3: <laughs> Who is there? Uh, the governments, you know, the the structure, you know. Uh, I don't know uh shoot uh, uh what's the companies let's see uh <laughs> McDonald's, KFC, you said k f c they'd be upset let's see, and the people the owners and the so many companies they wouldn't they wouldn't like that like yeah I think that's what I mean by they the
2: companies behind okay everything. yeah, the one percent i don't know I, I i think that's how we know it's the right decision if yeah. If they, in this situation, the companies, if they would be upset, that's the move we got to make. Yeah. And I always notice that once we get, once we start sitting down and start having conversations, not just you and I, but just, just our community and our people, we start saying, yeah, I don't know, they're going to be upset about that one. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why are we making them happy? And as soon as I said, if every black person had their own garden, And learn how to just do the basic gardening you hit it right on the nail you and i did not pre-discuss this you immediately went where my mind would went every mcdonald's would immediately not even immediately but over time they would slowly burn out or they would have to change they would have to create something that would that would alter their current business practices because the majority of the people that are going to mcdonald's i'm not sure if they have the numbers on. But I have a feeling it's you and I, is our people going to McDonald's and Birkin.
3: Brother, yeah. Um, you know, some people that don't have cars, they they got a window for them. Like the ice cream man. Like, yeah, what you want? Like quarter pounder? There you go. <laughs> Birkin, Big Mac, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah.
2: It's, um, the, the number one restaurant in the world, Sat, is McDonald's. It's not because they have the best food. That's why I always say, be careful with these people who tell you they have the number one podcast. Because whenever someone says they have the number one podcast,
1: yeah.
2: I always think of McDonald's. I'm like, yeah, McDonald's is the number one restaurant, too. What does that mean? <laughs> I'm just saying. The quality number ain't one. <laughs> exactly. Number one ain't always number one. Yeah. But let's, you know, I digress. So... McDonald's is the number one restaurant in the world. It would take a significant chunk out of their revenue share if we were able to supply our own food. And then think about the grocery stores that would fall. Oh, yeah. Think about all the the infrastructure of America itself would fall apart. Did you see how America responded when it was two weeks, uh, when the, when coronavirus first hit? Yeah. And the first two weeks, all hell broke loose. Stock markets was crashing. People didn't know what to do with themselves. People was foaming from the mouth. They was buying up toilet tissues. All hell was breaking loose. Hand sanitizers. Don't wash the hands. <laughs> sanitize. It was like, whoa, what are we going to do? It's been two weeks. The world's falling apart. And that was just from the fact that, uh, and technically nothing had even happened. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if we grew our own food and said fuck this that's to me that's one of the best way, ways to rebel on the system oh yeah
3: and um i seen you know burger king they got like the plant based some type of burger now they trying to mm-hmm. that's the way of trying to keep people like so, hey wait you want to be healthy you don't got to come back i got the plant based whopper right here i got the plant based
2: uh big mac <laughs> you know what i'm saying they're trying to do whatever they can to keep our dollars flowing into their pocketbooks. This is a money grab. Most things are money grab situations. And so they see that the the attitude of the consumer is changing. And so people are saying, I want to be healthy. And then, ooh, watch this. Mm -hmm. Watch this. Guess what else that does? It impacts the health system. (laughs) Yeah, man. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to keep us uh, high cholesterol, greasy foods because now we're eating healthy. We don't have our taste buds would change, and we wouldn't even need that kind of food anymore. Of course, I'm still going to get my fried chicken every once in a while. Don't tell nobody.
1: <laughs>
2: right. But besides that, there's not much they're going to be able to to really offer us. Because now we're eating more healthy and that's gonna that's gonna cripple the, the health system. The health system is built off of our dysfunction.
3: Yep. That's why they push a diet instead of healthy lifestyle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, die exactly. got diet die in the middle, like yeah, diets. Like, but it's D I E T. Wait a minute. So <laughs> like, nah nah, just take just go on a diet. Like, I don't know about that, but yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah.
2: I remember, I don't know if it was Malcolm X. I can't remember who said this, but they, they were saying, why do you let people that you don't trust determine how you eat?
1: Mm.
2: Why are they feeding you? Why are they putting food on your table so consistently and deciding how you're getting your food? That's why it's so important to support Black farmers and um, farmers markets. Yep. And going there and saying, hey, how do we connect? How do we get your food to some of the Black restaurants in the city? Yeah. If, so, if you're in a city right now and you're trying to find your way of doing your part, connect Black farms with Black restaurants. And you'll change the whole ecosystem of your entire city.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, that definitely be powerful. Yeah, we need to... A... Yeah definitely got to get that word out, you know, and uh, definitely got to change the, change the agenda, you know, change the mentality, I feel.
2: Yeah. I want to touch on something else, too. Okay. Because I, I, I can't go too deep into this because I don't know if we have the proper people here to discuss this. But another part of, I think, the reason why we're so tribal Oh, this is is a tough one. The relationship between Black man and Black woman. (laughs) Now, there's no Black women here at this very moment to speak on their behalf. So I want to make sure I I walk uh, this tightrope very lightly and just kind of brush over this as much as I can many reasons why certain tribes in our community aren't able to work with other tribes in our community is because we're trying to we're trying to be with the same women mm. There's an overlapping I'm just I'm just gonna put it all out oh yeah yeah <laughs> there's a there's an overlapping of I want this woman this person want this woman this person want this woman this person want this woman and so that's why the four of us aren't able to to come together and put a business together because we're all after the same prize.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I recently did a pod, um, you know, uh, five equals tribe, uh, part four, you know, mm. and yeah, we talked about, um, you know, toxic relationships and pretty much the, you know, the, the discovery or the, the trying to find the balance between the, you know, the, the man and the woman, you know, the black man and the woman. And, you know we we see that constant trend of you know how relationships are toxic and unknowingly you know we stay in it but unknowingly there's so many toxic relationships that we're not even aware of on paper you know and we just got to change that mentality and we can't go after like you said the same pride like yeah it's it's definitely um that that's got to stop yeah for sure
2: yeah now could it be Oh, but I I might step into some things here. Oh, boy. Could it be we're going after the same prize because we don't feel like there's enough prizes to go around? Mm -hmm. And, of course, the word prize, I'm using loosely, y'all. For those who can't see me, I'm putting it in quotations. I know women aren't a prize and a trophy and all that. I understand that. I'm just putting that out there uh, because some men see it that way. But could it be that we only see that there's only a few great women? And so we feel as if, if I can't have that woman, everything else is beneath my standard, and so there's only 10 great women that we see out there. Let mm. me put it like this. Are there enough great women to supply and this is supply and demand? I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. Are there enough great women to supply the great men, and vice versa? Are there enough great men to supply the great women? Is there a, a, a is there a balance a balance issue of greatness being with greatness
3: mm, that's a that's a good question man um i feel like the imbalance it probably starts when one person or the other person in a relationship stops evolving or stop wanting to you know evolve and i feel like that's that's a definitely a problem i can't if uh you know if i'm doing everything and you get kind of stagnant that's going to create some static and <laughs> we Correct. can't do that if Correct. you're trying to evolve but yeah if yeah if you're not involved in a relationship there's two people not on the same path length you're gonna get you know imbalances and a great man versus a you know it's gonna happen you know vice versa you know a great woman doing everything you know you know superwoman you know Alicia Keys <laughs> you
2: know right
3: exactly. and then yeah you're just gonna get a constant trend of that imbalance and some of that you know starts in families, you know, you know, uh, the toxic, you know, you know, the upbringings is important because, uh, yeah, this is, it, you know, you got to dive in deep on the upbringings and trying to cleanse the, the bad habits that's been passed through DNA unknowingly, you know, it's like, yeah. So wanting to evolve is definitely key to, you know, having a, a partner that's built for longevity. If you're not evolving the longevity really don't exist.
2: I think another thing that is backwards, in my view, I'm still processing this, but I think we don't, a lot of times, we aren't looking to do business with women mm. as men. We're look, look I got to just put it out there.
3: <laughs> Go on there, brother.
2: We're not, a, a lot of times, we're not looking to do business with women. We're looking to have sex with women. We're looking to procreate with women instead of saying, "Hey, you have a actual mind and intelligence. Let's collaborate." Instead of, instead of let's collaborate. Yeah. Instead of that, yeah. Let's (laughs) let's collaborate instead of other things. And I'm not saying other things aren't important as far as. Uh, building a family, building a tribe, and and having all that, and I, I get that part. But there's a lot of really great women out here who are business-minded. Oh yeah. And I think sometimes what ends up happening is we look, we we do look past the mind, and we have some of the most beautiful women on this planet. So I get that. So I, yeah. attraction is attraction. It's going to be what it is. But shouldn't we be focused on the economics of this situation before we try to build out having ten kids or whatever it may be, let's figure out how to build more infrastructure for our economics with with our with our black women so then we can properly position everyone in case something does happen to the black man the black woman is taken care of for this generation and the next generation and the next. yeah.
3: I, I completely agree. Yeah, it's it's some uh, some people I talk to like I, I ask for advice like, "Hey, Queen, how how did you start your business again? Like, how how do you?" Yeah, so I feel like, yeah, it shouldn't be frowned upon to have you know partners that are you know because uh, yeah, partners that are the opposite sex, you know, that shouldn't be frowned upon at all. I feel like uh, if it is, like, your mentality got to change because you know, you know, Nigerian women, you know, have the most degrees. And you know what <laughs> I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. we already know how intelligent our people are on both sides, you know, and it. Yeah, I think we just got to look over that. Yeah. Stop boxing people in. We can't box people
2: in, man. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I also wanted to touch on something that happened in 2020 as we look forward and uh, towards the future here. And for some people, this may be a topic that they may not be familiar with, but I found there to be some really great wisdom in the middle of a, uh, in the middle of a black media war. Hmm. So in 2020, there was about a two or three week span where, I believe that was 2020, where... Joe Budden. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Button and Charlamagne the had have their difference of opinion, we'll say.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So let me give a little bit of backdrop to this because this this relates closely with ownership and how we see things. <sighs> okay. So Joe Budden has Joe Budden TV. He's building his own platform. He's building his own content. Charlemagne is a work for hire with iHeartRadio, but he now has his own company and has done a 50 50 partnership, or he says 51, yeah. uh, and 49% partnership with yeah. iHeart to do his own podcast uh, network. And so he's doing a strategic partnership with iHeart Joe Budden was in the middle of negotiations with Spotify. That deal did not go through. Yep. And so shots were being thrown back and forth, yep. right? One shot from Charlemagne saying, looks like you don't know how to negotiate with the great deals. I heard you are asking for this amount. Why are you asking for that much? Joe Budden says, you don't know what I'm working on. You don't, you don't own nothing of your own. Next week, Man announces, I do own something of my own. I got 51% ownership of my podcast network. And he announces he's working with Drink Champs, um, uh, Up in Smoke, I think it's called, or All mm-hmm. the Smoke uh, podcast, and several others. It ended up being yeah. 15 to 20 different podcasts uh, that he's working with. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on this idea of going out on your own, which I'm going to call the Joe Budden effect. And partnering with many would call the enemy. Okay. How do you feel? And maybe they're not the enemy. Please correct me if I'm wrong. How do you feel about these two different approaches? And how did you feel watching this kind of play out for the public to see?
3: So you're saying the, you're saying uh, I heart is they, or (laughs) is that
2: what you're saying? Uh, Many would say that iHeart is the the enemy in this situation. Now, they may not be the enemy. I could be overstating that. Maybe iHeart is great people. They're allies to our cause. You got to also remember Rush Limbaugh is underneath iHeart media as well. Okay. But many people would say... Hmm. Look like it's slowing up. Value black culture. Some would argue that they do because they have Charlemagne. And so I'm wondering, with these different pathways, what is your take on uh, how, how that all played out?
3: Um. Yeah. I feel. I feel Joe's side is pretty much uh Professor <laughs> Professor X versus uh you know Magneto. Uh. I feel like um. I feel like Joe's Joe's side of it, you know, trying to, you know, pretty much project what he what he's worth versus um Charlemagne is working with his, you know, his uh his boss to you know to to build another network. Um I feel like I feel like what Joe is doing he's he's doing ownership and Charlemagne's doing partnership, you know, 51%, you know, you got 2% more than you know 49 you know i feel like that's definitely a partnership if ninety ninety seven percent is definitely ownership to me i feel like that's mm-hmm. but he still has more more um take but i feel like i feel like joe's way he did he's doing something with uh i think cash app pretty much that's that's his go-to after you know his spotify thing but um yeah i feel like um it should be bad it shouldn't be it should just be conversations instead of bashing. I feel like what Charlemagne's trying to do is uh, pretty much what you know, pretty much what he feels is right, and I I have no problem with it. And like, but yeah, he he feels like it's right. I can't really debate it. But what Joe was trying to do is for ownership, and you know, yeah, ownership versus partnership. Really, I feel like you know, yeah, I feel like I feel like Charlamagne's doing it how he wants, and Joe is doing it how he wants, but. I feel like it shouldn't be. I feel like it's division right there, you know. Negotiation jabs, like that's that's not cool. What I'm saying, you know, Joe Rogan got I think maybe a hundred million from Spotify, you know, and they clowned Joe on one of his projections he felt was because the numbers he put up. But I don't know. You know Charlemagne and the Joe Button route. I feel like the Joe Button route isn't isn't necessarily wrong either. I feel like it's pretty much it's like yeah, I'm just gonna buy the car. It's like, are oh, you gonna buy it? you gonna buy the car? Yeah, I'm just gonna buy it. And it's Like, no, I ain't, ain't leasing it. No, he's there. I'm just gonna buy it. And then, yeah, I'm just gonna buy the house. No, I don't. I don't do the rent thing. Right. <laughs> like, re- I'm not renting to own, man. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like. I feel like really necessarily both perspectives not wrong. He feel like he's doing what he needs to do. And, you know, Charlemagne feel like he's, you know, feel like he's doing what he needs to do too, you know, the P- Professor X versus Magneto, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't think it should be bashing, you know, and, you know, jab, you know, throwing jabs at negotiation tactics. Like, nah, like obviously he wants a certain projection if you want to do a partnership. And that's smart. If you feel like you, they don't say your number, you know, like Dave Chappelle, he, he mentioned how they didn't, how they gave him a certain number and his father gave him that advice. Like, if it gets past that number, just let it go. But yeah, um, you know, you know what the battle he's doing with, you know, going on with Netflix and HBO Plus, you know, to get the ownership or the money that's, that's owned and, you know, definitely overdue for his, his show, his successful show. It's pretty much the battle that Joe's been you know, screaming about the ownership.
2: And I want to touch on this Dave Chappelle situation in, in one moment. I want to uh, wrap up my take on the, the Charlemagne thing. Here's why I like the Charlemagne situation. I, this is why I like Charlemagne taking digs at Joe Budden and like yeah. like putting it all out. This is why I like it because it reveals who Charlemagne is. Yeah, I like for I I'd rather just have everything out in the open. And then when we look back on history, people are going to have to look at themselves.
1: Yeah. And
2: they're going to have to look back like, why did I do that? Like, was this all ego? And it really is. It's all just an ego game that yeah. a lot of people are playing. And so he's going to have to go back and look at his ego and realize, what was I doing? I got into a competitive matchup with somebody that's within my culture. And I decided to try to take him down in order to make myself look better all in all in the name of uh, you know this is how this is how media works and it's kind of like the battle of media and so that's why I like it I'll be honest since then it's been hard for me to even listen to like Brilliant Idiots or The Breakfast Club yeah and like really support it because When I look back and I think about, and this kind of goes into my next question as well, uh, or the next topic, I look at some of the moves that Charlamagne has made. Obviously, he's entitled to do whatever he wants to do, and no one can really stop him from doing whatever he wants. But I look at when Monique was trying to go against Netflix, and obviously that wasn't 2020, but it just kind of all leads into this. Uh, when Monique was trying to go against Netflix and he was doing everything in his power to try to, like, stop the momentum of it. and Like, he stood on that thing hard. And yet other things come onto his platform and he doesn't stand on anything with those. He just lets it fly and says, people have to be who they are. I found that to be interesting. I don't know what was going on behind the scenes of why he felt like he needed to stand on that so hard. But then it takes me to Dave Chappelle having his beef with Netflix and how nobody is batting an eye when Dave Chappelle is saying, yo, I put together the the Chappelle show. They are, you know, putting this out. I'm not making any money from it. I'm saying don't watch this particular uh, show until I'm compensated. No one batted an eye. No one fought against that everybody's on board They're like okay miss sense what is your take on the fact that the culture how they responded to Chappelle, and how they responded to monique
3: yeah i feel like it's definitely uh it's definitely definitely backwards i feel like you shouldn't support Chappelle as much as monique but uh i yeah it's i feel like um I don't know. I feel like Chappelle might be more likable than a, a Monique. And that's, you know, the Parkers is why they putting the Parkers up. You know, obviously they know she's likable. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The right, Parkers, right. Parkers is probably definitely doing successful. Like, like the show was, a, it was a good show. People love that show, you know? Um, but yeah, um, it just goes back to that, you know, how Dame Dash bashing DJ Envy, you know,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. on
3: uh it's like yeah your son's like you're gonna get your son a job like but you gotta ask your boss it's like <laughs> but, right right it's like yeah he just yeah i feel like i feel like dave and as well as monique definitely should get what they feel is rightfully you know rightfully necessary or rightfully owed to them both and i just hate how you know we pick a side like the the division i feel like that's that's unnecessary monique should get paid Chappelle definitely should get paid yeah but um yeah, I definitely, um, I definitely look at uh, you know, the character and the egos of you know both sides now. Definitely the Charlemagne's versus the, yeah, versus the you know the Joe Budden's of the world. Like, yeah, there's no reason to bash. It's like, what we doing here?
2: <laughs> you know. Well, as I said, I I kind of enjoy the bash. Oh yeah. <laughs> because because it revealed we got to have things documented in history that people were on the wrong side of it. I
3: like people to reveal themselves and I feel like Charlamagne definitely did. So I agree with you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He's done it a few times now to the point where, yeah, you're making your money. Yeah. You're signing big contracts. You sign back up with the breakfast club. Yes. You're doing really great things. I don't have any issue with you as a person. I'm sure, you know, you're just doing your thing, but you have been on the wrong side of history a lot. Yeah. And, And when I say wrong side of history, I'm specifically talking about. The empowerment of independent black creators that aren't signed in. It's yeah. one thing for people to be signed with you and you rock with them and they're your friends and you want them to succeed. But how do you treat people who you don't make a dollar off of or you have no affiliation with? How do you treat those people who happen to have the same skin color as you?
1: Yeah. Because
2: yeah. if you can make money, if you're making money off the situation or that's your personal friend and they are black, then it it kind of is a mute point. How do you respond? Somebody you have no affiliation with, you have no money tied to them, or off doing something that could be deemed as just as great as what you're doing. Yeah. How do you treat that person? Or are you so in competition, so worried about the competition of it, that you lose track of the moment of history? Yeah. It brings questions to, you know, to the forefront, per se.
3: The question is, who, who owns, uh, you know, iHeartRadio Radio or iHeart Media? Mm. Is it Viacom? Yeah. I mean, I think it is. <laughs> CBS corporate? I feel like it's, yeah, like, so, I don't know. It's kind of crazy.
2: <laughs> it's definitely an eye-opener when we look at things in totality and watch an entire storyline play out, and you start realizing this group of people, moves a certain type of way and they all happen to be signed underneath this company. Yep. And then this group of people aren't signed underneath one company. They're all moving independently and they're being attacked by these group of people that are with that company because yep. this group of people need content. The people over here need content. They need something to sink their teeth into. And this group over here creates their own content and they don't need to sink their teeth into anyone. And yeah. it just makes you look at how both content creators are creating the reality in which we are operating in uh, yeah. when it comes to media.
3: Yeah, the chance to rapper versus um, you know, any sign artist, pretty much the the chance to rap the route versus, you know, any sign artist, pretty much, you know, from Kanye. Right. Yeah, et cetera. Yeah. He owns his masters and Kanye and everybody else is fighting for the masters. It's kind of crazy. Yeah
2: speaking of masters, it came out recently that Lil Wayne.
3: <laughs> Glad
2: you. <yeah>. Nice <laughs> yeah, we're walking, we're walking yeah, right man. into this, right? Yeah. It comes out that Lil Wayne sells the masters of Nicki Minaj and uh, Drake. What were your initial thoughts when you see those headlines come through? How does that impact uh, yeah. us as a people, uh, especially on a conscious level?
3: And Little Wayne, man, uh, him pleading guilty, I feel like possibly makes sense to the little these moves that he's doing. I, I think he mm, pled guilty on the
0: charge, I about that.
3: and I feel, I feel probably that's that's one reason why he's selling everything. I think he's just gonna be, you know, a sitting duck for a while. I don't know, but you know, a hundred million, you should be good for a while to sit. You know, possibly he got a ten year charge, so I don't know what he's up to, but he's selling everything. He's he kind of did the, the Russell Simmons. Russell Simmons avoided cases. I think he moved to other countries. I like, will oh, forget that. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> I think Russell Simmons somewhere, you know, but he ain't he ain't here in the U.S. But yeah, I think that's what's going well, on. I don't think he should it. Be,
2: sold. Wouldn't it be? I don't know who he sold it to, but i typically I don't assume, but in this situation I'm going to tiptoe on the area of uh, of assumption. I have a feeling he did not sell Nicki Minaj. Uh, masters to Nicki Minaj and did not sell Drake's masters to Drake. Why not just sell it to them?
3: That'd be smart too. I heard um something that, you know, I think I heard something like Jay Z, um, end up selling or buying Kanye's masters or something like that. That's what I heard too. Mm. It's kind of crazy. I feel like yeah, he should have just gave it to them. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but he sold his uh his publishing too. Uh, you know publishing for hundred million too. So he's selling a lot. I don't, you know, even, um, Bob, Bob Dylan sold his publishing for like 300 million. There's a lot of selling going on. So I don't know. It's it's questionable. Like, I don't know what's going
2: on. Well, I definitely, you know, we, we launched a second podcast called how to acquire podcasts. And on that podcast, we talk about the different types of asset classes you can acquire. So we are in the middle of putting together an episode about how to acquire master's. Okay, because if, if all these masters are being sold, by all means, we need to know how to acquire some of these masters so we can have them in our portfolio. Um, you know, the, our music portfolio. We all love music. Why not own them? So that's something that we are in the middle of working on. I look forward to uh, that episode releasing soon. Okay.
3: Yeah, royalty checks are definitely important, man. <laughs> so royalties and masters are definitely important.
2: Yeah, I think it's a conversation that is that needs to be had we need to know how to do it who to contact and you know where to put our money cuz people are making money it's just a matter of okay now that you've made the money now where do you put the money so then you can see the return on your investment yeah okay so as we look forward with this year i know we we kind of touched on the fact that pandemic was happening which has caused music artists not to be able to perform uh it's changed the landscape of the movie industry uh we have no idea when some of these tv shows and movies are coming out entertainment overall uh, is shifting and in many ways it could be a good thing maybe entertainment is losing some of its power during this time because we know yeah. how we know how entertainment can end up you know brainwashing the mind and shifting society what do you think happens uh, on a grand scale, when it comes to entertainment, when it comes to black culture, what happens twenty twenty one twenty twenty two? How does what happened in twenty twenty shift the game for us?
3: Um, I feel it probably should definitely change our perspective, our perspective on things. Um, you know, understanding the patterns and understanding that things are going digital now. You know, you know even you know, while it's a digital now, they're trying to do that to the cryptocurrency. But I feel like things are going digital now. Um, I feel like it's, it's time to, you know, just, uh I feel like probably grab onto the wave before, you know, I feel like we got to be early to the party because I feel like after a while, I feel like we haven't been early to a party or we, we just let some a trend or a wave pass us. I think we got to jump on the wave of Uh, Of this, and I feel like it could be affecting the industry, like music industry. Um, maybe, maybe turning things back to physical. Maybe, maybe selling physical records more. Mm. I feel like things could be going backwards or forwards. I feel like things could definitely. I think twenty twenty kind of sparked change, and I feel like change is not. People don't like how change start, or you know, or like change, but. Eventually, things have to occur to actually uh, bring about change. You know, new things to occur, but I think entertainment streaming is pretty much it. Um, Right. Companies like, think uh, like we mentioned, stores and restaurants are closing. That trend will probably occur. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, I think um, digital is pretty much going to take over. I feel. Um, And just, you know, embracing that. And just uh, riding the wave, you know, uh, things are just streaming now. They're dropping everything, you know. Movie theaters might be closing and et cetera. I think so. Just got to find a new a new way to benefit off of this new style of releasing.
2: I'm going to throw a nugget out there for investors who want to work with us and collaborate with us. Now may be the perfect time to acquire movie theater okay now may be the perfect time to acquire movie theaters, but you got to have a plan here's why I say it could be a great time I don't want to put it all out there Uh, but if you're creative enough you can turn that movie theater into whatever it is that you can imagine and it doesn't have to be the old model it could be a different model and you can it could be whatever it is it should be And you may be able to get it at a nice nice discount at this time if there was ever a time to acquire movie theaters for the black community it would be now because when we acquire movie theaters what we're really acquiring if it's done correctly and the paperwork is right we're acquiring real estate Mm. and if we can own these movie theaters and take back the movie theaters for future reference and in the meantime do something with the movie theaters that are creative which if anybody can be creative it's us as a culture it would be a really great uh acquisition for us to post up on our block in our in our hoods in our neighborhoods in our communities and say we own this staple of the community, and I see so many skating rinks out here too that are being um, put on put on sale. It's time. Some of the things that have been cultural places where we hang out. It may be time to acquire them Definitely. at a discounted rate and flip them. What I mean by flip them, I don't mean to sell them right off. Of course, we can do that too the idea of what used to be and put a new concept out there for the people to gravitate to and come out when things are where they need to be so just a little nugget for the culture if you want to collaborate and figure out how to do that i would love to work with you i'm
3: gonna talk that may be something (laughs)
2: we need to do
3: yeah definitely i'm gonna talk to you (laughs) yeah Yeah, Yeah. it's necessary man Yeah, I think it's necessary to. And then, um, I'm also, I'm trying to get and dive into like wholesaling, because so I okay. think that's important. And we got people like, um, you know, Tony the Closer. Um, he's from mm-hmm. Million Dollar Worth of Game podcast. I I like Gillian Wallow. I su- I support them brothers. <laughs> um okay. Yeah. So I think you know, starting to do that and looking for advocacy owners is definitely uh, interesting. How to flip houses and actually sell. Houses and you know create a, a income, and yeah, I think that's what it's all about. That's what my um, that's what my upbringing pretty much comes from of owning and uh, owning houses and then owning you know ownership. Period. That's what my family stand on both sides, um, both of my grandfathers pretty much passed down and stood
2: on. So yeah. Well, definitely, I think it's um, a very important role to play in the real estate game. So if you need assistance in that, of course, always reach out. And yep. if we can connect you with the right people, if you already know the right people, then that's awesome. Um, but let's talk about that real quick, because you just mentioned uh, a million dollars worth of game earlier. I mentioned uh, yep. Joe Budden, and I, I said I wasn't really listening to Brilliant Idiots. What are some of the top podcasts out here because uh, people, they really do value uh, what we listen to and what we're paying attention to. So, what are some of the podcasts, YouTube video or channels, just even a regular TV, whatever? What are some of the content creators out there uh, that you are rocking with as you move into the rest of this year? Um, it's
3: one podcast called the the Cosmic cosmic storm podcast i like and then as i mentioned the joe buttons of the world and but um also i launched a new podcast just called for the hip-hop heads only so uh yeah. strictly hip-hop and music reviews that's pretty much what i'm trying to do with that platform but uh so it's it's a lot of platforms out here um the technical foul podcast um even the lupe and royce show you know i check that out sometimes. And uh yeah, it's uh let's see, another podcast.
2: What do they talk about on there? I heard I, I like Royce, I like Lupe. Yeah. I've been able to listen to Royce a little bit uh on Clubhouse. Um I think Lupe just got on Clubhouse. So I'm mm-hmm. interested. What are they talking about on that podcast? I haven't had a chance to listen.
3: Uh it's it's definitely uh it's definitely scrambled a little bit the conversation <laughs> so
1: okay uh they that. talked
3: about vo- voting and they talked about you know music of course the industry and so they talk about a little bit about everything kind of in a rambled conversation way um but also another podcast um six God- the God it the Goddess. um it's called uh american uh, african in america
2: or yeah, Af- check that out too. American- I think it's super dope
3: and uh, let's see, what else we got? The the ship hop hour. I like that podcast too. But yeah, and of okay. course, you already know I support y'all. So <laughs> and then Melanin, Boulevard. And, uh, Always en-
2: Melanin Boulevard. Always Melanin Boulevard, all
3: And uh energy therapy is another one.
2: And uh Energy cult- Therapy.
3: Yeah, culture healing. Um Okay. Uh, she was a feature on my podcast. I mentioned uh, uh tribe a uh, vibe equals tribe part four um so mm-hmm. yeah definitely definitely a good conversation we had so that's that's a couple I listen to uh stay stay tuned podcast as well um I'm supposed to do an episode with her here soon so definitely um yeah that's that's pretty much in my rotation on a daily basis you know besides promoting and producing conscious of crazy podcasts and
2: yeah. So I, I think it's always important for us to put out you know, who we're listening to, what we're rocking with, uh, so, because whoever has your ear has your heart, and so it's, it's important for people to know who you're paying attention to, so then they can decide if that's who they want to pay attention to. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, I listened to a uh, podcast called We Study Billionaires. Mm-hmm. We Study Billionaires. That's a, a really great podcast where they talk about the uh, Detroit Worldwide podcast is a great podcast uh, to check out. It, it talks uh, talks with all the different uh, movers and shakers that have come out of Detroit. They may not be living in Detroit now, uh, but they are all over the world. Uh, so definitely check out Detroit Worldwide podcast. Uh, and Boulevard podcast. Obviously, we just talked about that. I think it's one of the best podcasts out. Uh, also, uh, I listen to uh, Only Black Cosmonaut uh, podcast, and that's a really dope podcast as well. We had him uh on the uh podcast as well. Uh, another thing I also do on YouTube uh, oh, we talked about Joe Button. I'm going to tell you another one that some could call ratchet a little bit. And it is what it is. Okay. Uh, uh, I listen to drink champs.
3: I Uh, love drink champs, man. Yeah. They have for real. I'm not really big on drinking. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) I like wine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course the wine. I'm always down for that. I draw the the line. Uh, Yeah. They get a little too aggressive with the drinking part, but I guess that's what sometimes you got to do to get people to open up and and try some of those stories. Yeah, they have um,
3: Pharrell on the go
2: ahead.
3: Purple yeah. Rain, <laughs> Purple Rain drink. <laughs> prince, salute to <the> Prince, man.
2: <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah. I watched the I watched the Pharrell uh, conversation. I found some of that to be interesting, especially um, when he was talking about uh, the fact that Pusha T knows that drink that bars, and just kind of just giving a different perspective of how that beef uh, played out. I also found really interesting how the industry wasn't quite ready for when uh, Noriega uh, and Pharrell came together and they made Super Thug and how that altered Noriega's future, how it changed Pharrell's future, and how that all kind of evolved. Um, So yeah, uh, Super Thug, and then they also did Oh No together back then for those who want to uh, dig into crates and listen uh, to those songs. But I always find drink Champs really interesting. And then another episode they had was with the battle rappers. Um, oh, who was yeah. that? What, Lux we and, yeah.
3: and Mur- Murder Moop, man. I'm a, I'm a battle rap fan too. <laughs> yeah.
2: I found that conversation so interesting. Uh, there's actually a part on there that a lot of people kind of overlooked because Noriega was saying that he don't mess with trump i don't rock with trump and then uh one of the gentlemen on there i can't remember which one oh uh, Mook. Was, <laughs> yeah. yes martin mook was like yo i don't know let me tell you why i like trump and he was spitting some real stuff on there if you know you know but he was spitting some real stuff on there here's what i always found interesting because even if we're going to talk about 2020 and in 2021. We do have to at least mention for at least 30 seconds that there was a presidential election here. Exactly, of course. <laughs> yeah, and, we can't miss that. <laughs> and I found it to be interesting that during the presidential election, some information came out about a former president, and it was almost like no media covered it at all. There was some information that a former president was on Epstein Island uh, and yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> a former president was on Epstein Island doing his, his, his thug dizzles with <laughs> underage or how he was with ladies who were below the age of legal consent yep. is what the Oh, I'm sorry. Alleged. Yeah, alleged. 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 Right? And so then this is how I knew that that alleged part must have some type of validity to it because not one damn major news outlet said a fucking word. (laughs) I said, wait a second. Nobody's going to at least say something just happened. You know, as, because for two days, it was trending like number one or two on Twitter. (laughs) And I said, nobody's going to say a word. Y'all are going to just admit that this is true without saying a word. And so if you ever want to know what's real, pay attention to what the news doesn't say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's how you find out. (laughs) That's how you find out. I you be sitting there like, okay, so who's going to report this? Is so going to report this? Nope, truth.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think everybody knows this guy wasn't isn't a good husband, or you know, showed he he wasn't. You know, Mister Correct, the you know, black president, first black president to the people. Right. <laughs> you know, Mister Bill, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, man. Um, yeah, this election, man, and I, me finding out, you know, I'm a I found out that uh, you know Obama's related to Bush, and finding mm. out that kind of like, oh wow, he's with, through the grandfather. The grandfather's related to you know to Madison and like a whole list of presidents is crazy. Like all of them are cousins. Like this is one tribe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's a lot of cousins in the White House.
2: Like isn't that weird that all all presidents have some type of relation to each other in some way, and even to the Queen. Uh, the
3: Queen of England. They
2: was related, Bush is related to the
3: Queen, Obama's. It's a long family. <laughs> it's a long family tree.
2: Yeah, yeah it, it, it's very interesting. Now, I'm not sure you know, I'll be honest with you. When when Biden quote-unquote won, I thought for sure there was going to be some type of way Trump was going to find some type of loophole to stay in this office. But it doesn't look like that's gonna happen. Yeah. And I'm going to just put this on the record because there was a, a leaked audio that that went out. I'm not sure if you heard about this.
3: I'm listening. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> there was a leaked audio from Biden talking to, they say, civil rights leaders. I don't know. I'm not sure who decides what a civil rights leader is. Yeah, but that's what the thing said. Did you get a chance? Did that, did that leaked audio make it into your ears I at all?
3: Snippet, I heard a snippet of it,
2: but I, yeah, I can't dive into
3: <laughs> okay. it. I don't pay attention to the drill like that.
2: <laughs> I understand. Know? But yeah. I'll say this. I will say this. He basically said that he wasn't going to do much of anything when it came to Black folk, in my opinion. Yeah. And I found that to be very interesting because Black folk just put him in office. Many people were asking me, DJ, why haven't, why didn't, now you may not agree with this or not. I didn't vote in 2020. Okay. Now, many people look at me and say, oh, you disgraced your ancestors. I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> they do that but to I me. Found, <laughs> I mama. found myself in the middle of choosing between one devil and another devil. And I said, y'all not going to, y'all not going to make me do this because I know what y'all trying to do. Yeah. Y'all trying to make me vote for this dude that I know is no good for y'all. Just because my ancestors died and did all this, you're gonna try to make me vote for this dude. He's no good for you. Watch what happens within the first month or two, and you're gonna realize that this was not a good choice. Yep. And he ain't even got in office yet. He's making speeches to the civil rights leaders, and he's saying, "Look, I'm not gonna do much of anything as far as." Uh, executive orders or going beyond the constitution. I'm just going to let y'all know up front, that's not my style. Basically, it's going to be even am You basically elected, from what I heard so far, of course we have to let it all play out. Yeah. You elected a lame duck president. <laughs> Many people would argue that you just really put Obama back in the presidency, in a way. Damn near Now, <laughs> people argued that Obama didn't do much for Black people. Now, I do credit Charlemagne for asking Obama. He had an opportunity a few weeks ago to talk to Obama, and he said, what do you say to people who say that you didn't do anything for Black people? And Obama gave his roundabout answer, and then Charlemagne grilled him one more time and said, no, 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 no. You didn't really answer the question. What, have you, what did you really do for Black people? I respect that part of Charlemagne.
3: Yeah. Charlemagne is needed in the culture. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I feel like like you said, <laughs> elected a duck. <laughs> uh sitting Duck and Kamala Harris pretty much said the similar things in a couple of interviews, like, yeah, um, I just feel like, you know, Dr. Claude Addison got, got a couple of his books, been studying him and you know, what Dick Gregory said, I don't mm-hmm. think president really obviously haven't helped our people or necessarily put us in a winning position on a consistent basis. I feel like they're not trying to, obviously. I, I feel like, obviously they're not trying to. And, you know, for the people, I voted for Kanye. Um, <laughs> I wasn't choosing oh, really? the, the evils. I wasn't choosing the evils. Nah. I, was
2: <laughs> I ain't choosing the other, I'm choosing brothers. That might've oh, yeah. been the smartest move ever
3: but I listened to Kanye's interviews and like, yeah, I agree with Kanye on his, uh his viewpoint, but yeah, I just knew they were sitting, well, I feel like Trump and people dogged Ice Cube, like, yo, I, he's trying. And Trump might've been, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, but he tried and he, he presented a plan for Trump and people dogged him like, Hey, at least he's trying. He, he, he's saying it's the imbalance of the help or the, the push to help our people. He said, "Hey, I'm gonna try to sit down with the man and try to push, uh, push a program, a plan."
2: But yeah, when when Black Culture turned on Ice Cube, I said, "Y'all went a little bit too far." Yeah, the
3: Predator, you're gonna do that to? I- Come on, man.
2: The, pre- Dude <laughs> the Predator obviously has your best interest in mind. He's trying to figure out what the best move is. Y'all turn on him so damn fast for a guy who just told Charlemagne a few weeks prior that if you don't vote for me, you're not black yeah
3: it's like how dare you <laughs>
2: yeah, it's but like, he's so that's yeah. why I said when that happened I said I can't vote for him y'all but look oh, yeah. I get it I, I know that the ancestors I get it I can't do it yeah. it's to be very interesting how do you think this whole there's a conspiracy oh okay yeah There's a conspiracy out there that somehow Kamala Harris is going to end up being the president within the first hundred days. Hey, man.
3: (laughs) Hey, man. A friend of mine talked about that to me like, hey, man, could, could have a first, you know, melanated uh you know president you know female president that that'd be interesting I like to see I love to see it. You know, Chris Tuck, I love to see it. <laughs> right, I right. It. I have no problem with it. If if she gonna help us, I love to see it. But if she ain't then uh it's like having Oprah in the office. I don't know if Oprah gonna help.
2: <laughs> right. Like, but yeah but I will, that happens, that'd be this crazy. is gonna be great musty TV. I mean if nothing else if nothing really gets accomplished and they start world wars and all hell breaks loose if, if we're going to go down, I at least want to eat some popcorn while it happens. Oh, popcorn. <laughs> feet up. Yeah, eat some popcorn, <laughs> i just put my feet up and relax and just, hey, the world's going to shits. So we might as well enjoy it while it blows up in our face.
3: Yeah, man. It's, yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's been a down. It's been kind of funky for a little while. So, yeah, things are getting exposed, you know, day by day. So, you know, definitely 2020 exposed a lot of things about, you know, planet it's like oh man what's up (laughs) yeah it's a lot going on man
2: yeah it's um 2020 was an eye opener uh i you know the last few months of 2020 i really wasn't saying much because i I wanted to just live it for a little bit i wanted to really live and really embrace it um and i I know we're going to go soon but i I also want to um talk a little hip-hop before we head out too but um i really was just embracing uh 2020 and just being and not necessarily talking much on it i wanted to just witness it and and bring that energy into this year so now that you know you and i are doing this episode it's going to kick off everything for the year it's going to be the first episode that people hear uh, what kind of things do you have planned before we go into a little bit of hip-hop time? Uh, what kind of things you got planned for 2021 with your podcast, with everything you have going on? What you got going on?
3: Um. Yeah, so uh, the podcast still, you know, consistently do that. And I'm just trying to create more content. Maybe I might be, uh, I'm going to try. And I've been working on um, moving to, you know, actually like a documentary and thinking about you know putting my you know in my hands dirty there and um you know just writing things and just trying to create visual content as well for the people you know and um just trying to create create um like I I've been showing a cup but yeah got a cup here <laughs> conscious a crazy Whoa. cup and uh got the t shirt on too conscious a crazy t shirt um but yeah just ca- trying to create other things and you know you know because this is my this is a business you know and I feel like um you know, I changed my mindset, like, yeah, this is something I'm passionate about, why not make it, you know, a company and a business, so, I'm just doing that, and besides that, just try to evolve and keep spreading the message to the people and produce good content for the people to listen to and evolve with,
2: yeah. Dope, dope. Um, Okay, so, last time we had our conversation, we ended with some hip-hop talk. Yeah. This time, I want to end with some hip-hop talk. What was your top albums of twenty twenty? Uh, Hip hop you even R and B. What were some of your top albums that you walked away with? Man, let's see.
3: Freddie Gibbs, man. Okay. I uh, definitely um I'd be I'd be uh remoist if I didn't, you know, you know, once again R I P to M F Doom, man. Just, yeah. Just random, man. You know, uh you know Did they say was,
2: what happened to him or they just announced his death?
3: Yeah, like, so he passed actually on the 31st of October, but his wife just now told the world.
2: Wow. Yeah, so. How did I know that?
3: So, yeah. So, it's still unknown right now, but yeah, um, he's been in a rotation. He's been in a rotation since like, like probably 15, man. MF Doom, that's my guy. He was most guy too. (laughs) Most Dev had a funny interview on MF, but uh, but, yeah, uh, Freddie Gibbs stole the year for me. Um and then like the boom bap I feel I feel real rap was dropped this year, you know. Um Benny the Butcher, Gazelda. The, um they've been in a rotation, man. That's um and King's Disease is definitely uh so Freddie Gibbs, Alfredo, um let's see Royce the five nine, I'd be man, the allegory took the year for me too. So that's two. um King's disease is I think King's Disease is my four. And I gotta give it to Benny the Butcher, you know, uh um, Burden Burden of Proof. So mm-hmm. Benny's three. King's disease is uh definitely four. And um also, you know, sh- shout out to Black Thought. I think Black Thought deserves five what he did with uh of Thought volume three. But yeah, my list is very long.
2: <laughs> What's my a rotation. Good five. That's a that's a great five
3: right there. Oh yeah, man, and um Steve Lacey is recently in my rotation. He's R and B ish, but he's R and B. Steve Lacy, is Steve
2: Lacy, yeah. I check him out.
3: Yeah, who, who else been in your rotation? I might still got more to tell you.
2: <laughs> Kid
3: Cuddy, man, my fault. Kid Cuddy. <laughs> uh,
2: so I heard about a lot of these albums, but I've been like really more on like R and B. Okay. Lately. so my number one hip hop album is only based off of what I listen to. So please know that some of the ones in your top five, I've been hearing about them. I hear they're great, but I haven't studied them. Like I, most most years past, I would usually study uh, an, um, a group of albums. And I have to put that disclaimer out there because I remember when Lupe dropped uh, Drogus Waves, uh, I used to say, y'all keep saying that, what, what, what album was that? It was Nipsey, something else, or something else. I said, but did you listen to Lupe's album? And they would be like, no, I didn't listen well then, you really don't know what the album of the year was then.
3: Dragon's Wave was crazy. Yeah.
2: To me, it was the album of the uh, no no offense, but yeah. it was the album of the year for me.
3: I got to talk Back to Mick, I got to talk to Mickey Fax, man. He said Lupe got something crazy on drop again. So he I, said I, that I might be does. that might be crazy for two years. He didn't say one
2: year. He said that'd be crazy wow. for
3: two years
2: in hip hop. Okay, okay. So the I, Mickey I Fax look forward again, to it. To, I look forward to it. But I, I, I wanted to say that before I say this, that I do believe King's Disease was the best album of the year. But I obviously did not listen to all the other albums to say, you know, but I don't know why people can't just say, look, you know, I'm going with this album, but it could be possible that Lupe's album drove its ways back in whatever year that was, 2018, 19, whatever year it was. Because to me, that was really, a dis, it was disheartening to um, not even have his name mentioned in some of the conversations. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, Allegory I would put up there as well. I did listen to the Allegory Man. Uh, from Royce. So Man. that's up there in my top two or three. I did not listen to Freddie Gibbs. I didn't... I kind of listened to Benny. Uh, I, I love both, uh, both people as rappers. I just mm-hmm. didn't really gravitate so for the r&b side um I'll be, I'll be honest with you i think oh girl her
1: oh uh, her okay I,
2: I think her is taking over the game oh yeah. um i think she's taking over the game i think uh i'm not sure when it dropped i mean i may have my my years mixed up oh yeah but uh childish gambino too i liked his album
3: i feel like it didn't get just do though but his album was definitely i didn't know
2: you dropped the album what was it called it was
3: called <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> he didn't have a t- he didn't really have a title for it. That's how sad it is. Oh. oh okay. <laughs> so I, I pulled a title up, but yeah, he didn't really have a name for it. He just I think it was a timestamp, literally. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah, I d <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know. um, okay. Well I'll, I'll uh Yeah, it check was that, called but called March
3: 15, twenty. <laughs> so three okay. dot fifteen dot twenty. It was lazy. Um <laughs> you're very lazy, bro.
2: Yeah. well then maybe that's maybe that's why oh wait march 15 yeah you know that's the eyes of march there you go he dropped with it. julius caesar mm. so when julius caesar was getting stabbed in the back by brutus and mm. in, in the the famous julius i forget which where it comes from but when he was stabbed by brutus he says uh you too brutus I'm and 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 because Brutus was his best friend or something like that, it all happened on the Ides of March, which is like the middle of the month. Man. And so I haven't listened to the album yet, so I have no idea if that has anything to do with anything. Uh, it's but fun. it is the Ides of March.
3: You got some messages in there. Yeah, 44 BCE, man. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. You yeah. yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, so far as uh, artists that I've been listening to um, once again, I don't know when some of these albums came out, but, um, I've been listening to her a lot, Snow a lot. I'm a little disappointed in, in Summer Walker, um, mm. uh, cause all her songs are two minutes long and I can't get anything <laughs> longer than two minutes. They sound phenomenal, yeah. but why are they only two minutes long is my question. Yeah. Um, But yeah, those are kind of the main people that I've been listening to. Ella Mae. I've been really listening to the ladies more this year. Kind Uh, of hearing their perspective on some things.
3: Leon Bridges Um, dropped a a good single too, uh, All About You with Lucky Day. Um, Okay. Brent Fayez. But yeah, Jasmine Sullivan been in rotation. Yeah, I saw
2: Jasmine doing her thing. I saw Jasmine coming back into the game, doing her thing again. It's good to see her uh, and, and still have her own sound, too. I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to have your own sound and not sound like anybody else, but still bring a relevancy to the game. So I, I've noticed that as well.
3: Yeah. I think uh, versus of the year was definitely probably Erica and Jill Scott, really, man. <laughs>
2: it's hard to beat Erica and Jill Scott I'll be honest with you, that that E40 and too short. Here let me let me say this. It's too many B words, man. I think. Yeah. For what I get it. I get it. There was a certain time in history where, okay, that's what we're gonna do. But I think it's a very tone-deaf now. Yeah. And I'm not sure if anybody else has said it or has come out and said we got to be careful with this but it's just not and that's how you know we're in the age of of really respecting women because people I, I, it it just didn't go well for me uh yeah. it was a little bit over the top i don't mind a, a song here and there saying it here and there you know it's not right but it, it's not overkill but yeah. with too short e40 is overkill
1: yeah
3: <laughs> too short man made his career off of that <laughs> Yes, yeah.
2: but Erica Badu, Jill Scott, I could see that being the verses of the year. And I can't even disagree with you. I think I would, I would second that as verses of the year. Do you think the Ashanti and Keisha Cole situation is what they're telling us, or is there something else that we don't know?
3: Oh, I think uh, Ashanti had to relook at her
2: playlist. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Well, what that's you me, gonna y'all... do? Um, What's she going to do when the when it goes back? Because they're supposed to battle in January, January sometimes. So
3: he's like, "Oh shoot, she got heaven sent. I gotta get."
2: What's she going to do? Go record new music and release it? You might drop an EP. <laughs> the playlist ain't gonna change. Man, you so know. it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. I think it'll be a fun night. But when I went through it, I said, "Oh shoot, Keisha might just have too many bangers." I thought. Ashanti, here's the thing, Ashanti has hits, but they all kind of sound similar and they a lot of them have Ja Rue on them and it's gonna Holy get tiresome.
3: Yeah, it's definitely gonna get tiresome, man. <laughs> yeah. Um I think um uh, I enjoyed the Snoop Dogg and DMX. That was good. Two chains, you know, got dominated by Ross as as everybody should have known. Um
2: but yeah. I think it should have been, and I don't know the politics of it. I think it should
3: have been Ross and T.I. Ross and T.I. makes sense. And, um, yeah, I don't know who T.I. going against, but I think um, – He's losing partners. He ain't got nobody to go against now. I think he might have forfeit out on accident. <laughs> it's like, so, yeah, oh, yeah, y'all y'all battle because Gucci and Jeezy made sense.
2: But yeah. Maybe he should have took the, the Buster Rounds battle. I mean, I mean, what else was he going – I mean, Buster uh, well, challenged though.
3: Or ludicrous because Nelly did not didn't live up so that it was not
2: a good battle for Nelly. I don't know, so. Was it a bad battle or was it just bad technology? Yeah,
3: bad Wi-Fi. That, that ruined everything.
2: Because I think the battle could have been decent. Yeah. I mean, Nelly's not a, uh, a slouch. He has... I'm not a Nelly fan, but he had music. He had records. Yeah, he cent, had records.
3: 50 Cent in the game. I think that that would make more sense than 50 Cent ti too. at this that's just me, cause you know, fifty cent. The game go go back.
2: Yeah, yeah it, it could be good. I don't think game is ready for that. Smoke
3: though. Um, <laughs> fifty got some records. Jada has some records for fabulous. Sadly, Fab got. Yeah.
2: I tell you a good one. I tell you a good one. I don't know if this would ever happen. I know they're friends. What about and this maybe is a different type of I don't know. What about fifty and Eminem? No. Oh.
3: That'd be an interesting one. I, Yeah, I'm still questioning who can... Jay. I don't think Jay-Z would go into that. I don't think Pharrell would. I don't think Kanye would. But who could Jay-Z go against besides Nas, I think? That's like the only person that's come to mind.
2: Well, see, I don't think Nas is a good, a good versus battler. He got some features, man. He
3: can play the features, man.
2: <laughs> I just no don't... Like if, if we're if I'm playing these songs in the car, I'm probably gonna choose Nas stuff over a lot of Jay Z stuff. But when we're talking about hits hits
3: Yeah, stadiums,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah I think Jay Z just I think he'll dust Nas in a versus battle. But if we're just talking about every day hanging out, I think Nas wins a uh hanging with the hang out and let's chill, let's let's smoke or let's chill type of vibe. I'm gonna go with Nas. But Amen. on a grand scale, commercial, I yeah. think Jay Z has the hits.
3: Yeah, somebody did Nas versus Lupe. It was pretty dope too.
2: I would like to see that more than they I did thinking. a lot of Lupe. Nas
3: they did a lot of Jay-Z. mixtape Lupe. It was kind of dope.
2: It was dope. I um, could see. I wouldn't mind a Nas versus Lupe. That would be fun. But
3: that Nas would be a fun ra- night. But Nas rap backwards, bro. <laughs> he was rapping backwards. Got to do what he got to do. Rewind, man. That track was crazy. Was, but. Yeah, I feel you. I'm on your side. Who do you Maybe. think
2: wins that? Lupe or Nas?
3: I think Nas probably got a slight. It's going to be close. But I think Nas might have a slight. Or Lupe could, you know, depend on the playlist. It really depends on the playlist. It could be
2: 11-9, both sides, really, man. Depends on what you play. That would be a nice one. I think I never thought of that one. That is actually a really good battle. And I think people would actually show up to that. I don't know if it will have record-breaking numbers or anything but I think it would be a solid turnout because they have a very solid fan bases and it's really similar fan bases. People who love Nas are going to love Lupe. So I would, I would be down for that.
1: Yeah. Shoot.
3: Any other ideas? Cause I don't know. I heard tribe and, you know, tribe and outcast, but that's never going to happen. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's never going to happen. No, That's not going to happen. I seen goody mob. I think all they can go against is outcast how they
2: was talking. Like that's pretty much it. I don't think goody mob has 20 k yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like if we're gonna do this thing. We gotta tell the truth. They ain't got twenty. Right yeah, <laughs> they they might have twenty songs. Yeah, but they ain't got twenty hits. Exactly. Yeah, yeah,
3: man. Um, shoot, man. Who who else battled this year? Or who else would you
2: like to see? And I might be. I would like to see. Okay. I would like to see, oh, well, I don't know if it's going to happen now. The other, the only one left for T.I. is Lil Wayne. Yeah. You but know. Lil Wayne dust, it will dust T.I. I mean, it would be over fast. So then it goes to, what about Lil Wayne versus Drake?
3: Versus what about
2: him? that Drake? Oh,
3: yeah. Uh, that would make sense.
2: Right, I mean, they did a concert. They did that before, but you know, is that, is that what people want to see? I would love to see a, a like an old school one. I would love to see LL mm. versus Jay Z.
3: That would make sense too. Um, you know,
2: LL. That wouldn't. I think if anybody could have the hits and the longevity. And the fan base, I would like to see an LL Cool J versus Jay Z. That's who I think Jay Z
3: should go against. Definitely leaning towards Jay, of course. And I, I'm not even the biggest Jay fan. <laughs> like, Don't sleep. I, I know. Yo, but Don't L, L, man. Sleep on LL. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. I mean, two, four, four, three, two, one.
2: That was crazy. See, the thing is. People are going to say, "Well, he don't have nothing recent," but that's uh, not what this. Con- this not the, the conversation. Ain't about recent. It's about twenty hits.
3: He had a he had a lines like I don't. It's like it's like I don't care, boo. He was talking to female MCs too. LL is ruthless, man. <laughs>
2: so, I'm just saying. It's like I don't care, now, boo. <laughs> is there a better matchup for you for the versus battle? beyond this? Is there a better battle beyond Hello Kujay? Is there who else we I know you said Nas. I don't see that being a good battle. No. I mean I think for the marketing of it is great. The branding of it is great. So don't get me wrong. Yes, the branding of it, the uh the look of it would be dope. But is there a better battle for Jay Z that you can think of?
3: Um it's hard. Art. I thought about it, man. Um, like you mentioned the longevity. I think it would make sense. LL Cool J, but it's it's really rough, man. It's really rough. To think mm. about it. I don't think he's. I don't think he's gonna do it, of course, too. But yeah. It's, it's definitely- yeah, I don't
2: think this is gonna happen. I don't think Jay zs gonna do verses because I mean, where's the money in it? Yeah. I mean, we got. I mean, what yeah. am I doing this for? Why am I playing my music? Like, where is this?
3: Maybe, maybe J N Eminem. That would that probably makes sense. J and Eminem, because everybody debated Renegade, but besides that, that's all I got, man.
2: <laughs> How do you feel about, this is a little off a little bit. How you feel about Janet Jackson and Sade?
3: Janet and Sade. Mm. They got they kind of got a similar, you know, similar vibe. Um, but, you know, I think I'm maybe, I may be geared to, like, Janet versus Mariah or Mary mm. Jane. But, uh, Sade, I feel like Sade might could get Anita. They could do her and Anita. Okay. And go. <laughs> but Sade got a nice catalog,
2: man. I've been hearing about Sade and Anita. I just, I almost find that kind of boring. Oh, I was trying to spice it up a little bit. What about I Tony, ben- be- <laughs> Tony Braxton? <laughs> <laughs> no, Tony I Braxton. Want Tony uh, Braxton. Look, I oh, I guess I I guess I just want certain people. I don't know. I'm just not excited about a Tony Braxton matchup. I'm just being
3: honest. Well, Mariah doesn't mean it won't
2: be good. Yeah, Mariah, Mariah Carey, Carey or, um,
3: Mary J. Who you got? Or Janet probably Mary J. Mary J. And then Janet do she automatically wins her verses against you know both of them or anybody. <laughs>
0: it's like...
2: Up against who? Against Mariah? Against Mariah or Mary J, yeah. Yeah, Janet wins Mariah. Mm. Janet versus Mary J, that's a different story. Okay. I don't yeah. know. That's a good battle. So there's a, there's a good battle right there. That's a good battle. Janet Jackson versus Mary J Blige. It's not quite the same thing, but maybe that's what we need. We need to shake it up a little bit, damn it.
3: Definitely. Get, get Miss Elliott in there. I think she can go against Buster, to me.
2: That's what we said, but they said it's too close to friends. They don't want to it's like
3: Man, that's crazy.
2: Yeah, but I think what the truth is, and nobody wants to say this, Buster wants to go against a guy. He doesn't want to go against a female. And he wants he re... at first he wanted Jay Z. I said, Buster, you gotta calm down.
3: <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> he did drop <laughs> he did drop a new album, so he's like, Yeah, I can go against Jay now. Come on,
2: man. Now, matter of fact, now his album dropped, and neither one of us mentioned him, but um, his rotation. album was super dope. It's super dope.
3: Definitely the message. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's dope. Um, okay, so what are your uh, final thoughts as we're approaching? As people are listening to this, they're uh, beginning their their new year. They're taking in inventory of this information that we've, we've gone over. What are your final thoughts that you want to leave with the people uh, as we uh, start creating our reality moving forward?
3: Yeah, I think you just said it. Um, we got to create a reality. You know, vision boards are definitely... I re- yeah, I, I used to... I think once upon a time, I used to laugh at people that had vision boards because, you know, childish. Yeah. Childish, what what you doing? You yeah, It's like vision boards is like... I think it was a film called... Um, uh, holiday or something with, um, with uh, Queen Latifah and LL Cool J, actually.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Yeah, she had a vision board, and then she had LL Cool J on her vision board. <laughs> she did. <laughs> and we she all did. seen the ending, so I think vision right. boards, we gotta definitely just create, you know, a reality that, you know, we wanna see, and um, just gotta keep manifesting, but, uh, you know, we just gotta, and the thing is, yeah, we just gotta, it's a daily thing, you know, you know, to change, uh, mentality and, you know, to break, break old habits. Cause I definitely uh, had to learn that in 2020, I definitely spent a lot of time alone and just reflecting, you know, on you exactly know, my childish ways and things. I felt like, Oh, I thought I'm good there, but I'm not like, Oh day. And I think it's all about just, um, evolving with yourself and trying to be willing to change. And, um, it's all about growth and just, uh, just writing down actually writing down things is definitely a uh, vital too, to you know create uh some change too. writing down things and you know just creating healthy goals and realistic goals on a daily basis yeah um living your truth and just try to create your own, own reality be willing to evolve and change and do different because you know some people i grew up with still in a high school mentality still having mm-hmm. same old conversation hey brother um <laughs> hey man, we I'm about 25 now, man. Um, you ain't eighteen no more. What's going on?
1: <laughs> right, right.
3: It's like, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's just all about being willing to grow and break old habits and you know, just uh healing and uh cleansing, man. That's all that's what it's all about.
1: Yeah.
2: No, I agree, I agree. I, I'm on a I'm on a similar journey uh where uh 2020 for me was about letting go and releasing. And um, and really, it's always about releasing in order to evolve, in order to expand, in order to to grow, in order to unlearn. I think a lot of what we got to do is unlearn. A lot of us think that we're supposed to uh, gather more information, but sometimes the thing is, I need to let go of this other stuff that I've been pushing or that I've been stuck on, so then I can make room for this new stuff. You know, we keep trying to dump more information on ourselves. It's like, no, I think I'm a matter of fact, I came across a video on YouTube or somewhere and I was talking. Oh, how do I say this? I don't want to call a person's name out yet. But this this guy was talking about. um, About uh, Hebrews, Israelites and all this other stuff. And the facts on the thing was just really inaccurate. And I just said, wow. This guy is stuck in his bubble, and he has no idea that what he's saying is not historically accurate—at least, not to information I have. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but from the information I have, it's just not accurate. But he has to go through his own journey. He has yeah. to figure out things for himself. It's not my place to step in and try to attack it. It's just, you know, it's okay to see something, leave it, a, leave it be, and then just kind of move on uh from it and not necessarily have to go attack it, go after it, push each other down, let people be where they are in their journey and keep moving on your journey as you're progressing, as you have your vision.
3: Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, I think ego gets involved and in, you know, that back and forth is natural when the ego's involved, you know. Ego, like, like I put up, ego death is necessary, man,
2: you know. Mm. Definitely, yeah. I think that's why I liked Nas's King Disease the most. And of course, there's other albums I did not listen to. But the reason why I liked it the most is, uh, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people are operating through ego. They're operating on trying to be the best, trying to be on the top. And I found myself trying to be finding areas in which I can serve and be the highest and best version of myself through serving and finding value for others and then getting getting the hell out the way and allowing greatness to come from the things that I serve. Yeah. To me, that's where I'm at right now as I move forward uh, and reflect and, and uh, put all these different ideas together. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now.
3: Yeah, man. It's five people's tribe, man. It's important, man you know, I might have a fifth one on the way. Yeah, man. It's, it's
2: important. Man. Definitely. Well, I, I thank you for uh, stopping by having a conversation here on black equity. I know we're going to be talking again. I always like checking back in with you because uh, you, you offer a different perspective. I know you're paying attention to some of the similar things that I'm paying attention to. And so you may be able to give me a different view, um, a different vantage point of what you're looking at. Um, Thank you for being here. We're going to make sure uh, that we put the link to your uh, podcast, uh, Conscious or Crazy, in the show notes for anybody who wants to go check you out and the next episodes that you have coming out. So thank you so much for being part of this. I look forward to seeing all the different storylines that we analyze, how they're going to manifest. Yeah. Um, There's a lot we got to pay attention to, keep our eyes on. Uh, we'll probably need to talk in a few months to analyze the progression of these storylines as well. So I'm looking forward to having you back. Will do. Definitely. Appreciate you, brother. Definitely. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace.
0: Thank you to our special guest, Conscious Ed, for dropping by Black Equity Podcast for this dope, dope conversation on black consciousness. Hopefully you really enjoyed it. Let us know your thoughts. Leave us a review. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Send us a message over at BlackEquityNetwork at gmail.com. Uh, We have a lot of things in store for you for season three. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast and you're a business owner or an investor and you want to talk about culture of some kind, let's sit down and talk. Everything doesn't have to just be about business and investing, but we do want to talk to business owners and investors who are um, consciously aware of what's going on in our communities and who want to just sit back, talk about what's going on, and then us putting together some different plans, us connecting with different people in our network, and figuring out how do we solve these uh, things that are in front of us, how do we implement the, the plans that we have, how do we connect you to who you need to be connected to. The goal of this podcast is to connect business owners and investors And when you come on, we can talk about your business, we can talk about investing, but we can really sit back and just talk about culture. The whole premise is if you are a business owner or an investor, this is your time to take back equity in your culture. So thank you so much for uh, sitting down with us, having this conversation, and we will be back very, very soon for the next episode. Make sure you subscribe. Go subscribe right now. You do not want to miss the next few episodes that are coming. Season 3, Ready, Black Equity Podcast. I'll talk to you soon.